Hey there, I'm Judy Kroon, Canada's keynote humorist. Welcome to another episode of Laugh Long and Prosper. Shelf help with a smile when appropriate, of course. It's Monday, which means it's time for just another Mindful Monday. Today, I'm on the phone with Jason Wilcox. Uh, Jason is a comedian, a coach. He's currently a consultant. Uh, as a comedian, I was first introduced to Jason a number of years ago. I actually coached him at Second City, and it feels like a lifetime ago. As a coach, Jason specializes in working with people who are at major life stages, including those in recovery for addiction and mental health by helping people realize their strengths and finding their confidence to make the next big change. Jason also speaks from experience as someone on the recovery journey himself for addiction, for anxiety, and now for depression, which he has been candidly documenting off and on, mostly on Facebook for over three years now. Jason, I think it's so important, especially at this time during COVID to have someone like you on the show. So thank you for joining me. Yeah, I know that you just said off the top that you want to be very clear to folks that you're only speaking from experience. You're not a professional therapist or a counselor, but I can tell you that just, uh, reading your your brave posts on Facebook that I think it's the type of thing that a lot of people need to hear. They need to hear it from someone who's actually in the trenches. So when did you decide to to go public with this on, on Facebook? So I've been struggling with addiction on and off for probably 25 years. Mm. Um, and uh, a few years ago, I had to leave work and uh, go to a temporary rehab facility. And I was, um, I had been open about my anxiety uh, on Facebook previous to that, but I was scared to death of going into rehab. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I was scared I wasn't going to go. And so the, the first move really was uh, acknowledging on Facebook that I am in fact an alcoholic. And it was really to give accountability so that I'd go the next day. <laughs> that was really what it was about. And then I started, my, my recovery journey has, has been a few years now. Um, and then I just I just started recounting what things were like, what what was happening with me, and I was I wanted to do it in a way that gave me accountability, um, that perhaps gave other people information. Um, but I was very specific. I have a tough time with that word. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I was very specific with my posts that mm. I was not. This was not a cry for help. It would have been totally fine had they been a cry for help. But I was very specific with people and said, look, I don't want, I'm, I'm not posting this because I want your sad face emojis or your, oh, I'm so sorry to hear. I'm posting this because this is the situation as it is right now. This is what I'm going through. And these are the facts. And I think I think that helped um, uh, not turn people off 
I guess, is, is, is one thing. Um, but I also kept up the regular posting as well. As, um, as you know, I, I test my material on there, my jokes, and I continued to do that. They just had a certain different flavor to them, I guess. <laughs> um, but that's what it was. It was, it was interspersed with real life. And, uh, and I think it was, it was important for me to be candid. Um, it was important for me to be, um, once it's out there, it's out there. Right. And I can't get away from it. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I, it just felt like the right thing to do but to make sure that I wasn't doing it too much. Now, <laughs> that's a good, that's a really good point. So looking back now, three years later, um, and maybe for folks who are in a similar situation <clears throat> that are thinking the exact same thing, look, this will give me accountability and maybe I can help somebody else while I'm going through this. Uh, what were some of the, um, what were some of the takeaways? What would you do differently? And what would you do exactly the same? And in fact, maybe even amp up? Hmm, that's a great question. The, f the first thing I want to acknowledge is that I had the privilege of doing that. Um, my career, um, my income, my status, all of that made it possible for me to be that transparent online. That's not available to everyone. Um, and I totally understand that. So I don't, I don't recommend my journey as the journey for, for people. Um, there is a, there's a risk factor involved. Sure. I know that I've definitely lost, um, some friends along the way, probably for, they thought I overposted or they did, they weren't interested. I would assume that some were perhaps afraid of the similarities and, and, that sort of thing. Um, I I don't know what I would do differently, to be honest. It was about being candid and, and transparent, um, but also just being real and, 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 and making sure that there were some jokes in there to, you know, every once in a while to, to lighten things up. And I didn't want people to think that every post was going to be about that. It's not. And by uh, the way, I'm going to stop you there because I know folks will want to follow you um, and they're going, okay, what, what are Jason's, uh, what, what are his socials? So uh, at Jason Coaches, uh, Jason Coaches, you can find him on Facebook, Jason Coaches. You can also find him at Jason Coaches on Twitter and Instagram and uh, also Stand Up Guy. Twitter and Instagram. So either Jason Coaches or Stand Up Guy. I'm on the phone with Jason Wilcox. Uh, we are talking about mental wellness. Uh, you know, folks have been going through so many different things, so many different stages, especially with COVID. Uh, Jason is a, a, a comedian, a coach, currently a consultant. He specializes in work with people who are at major, major life uh, stages. He speaks from experience, as you can hear. He is someone on the recovery journey himself. And I guess, Jason, I have to ask you, have you, what kind of responses have you had from people? Do you know for a fact that you are 
um, that you're helping people or what kind of questions do you get from folks who are following you? So that, that, that's interesting because there's a, there's a variety of responses. There's um, people feel comfortable reaching out to me to ask about, you know, a friend who needs help or who to get in touch with or who should I call, um, which is an honor that people feel comfortable enough that they that they know that everything will be maintained in, in confidence. Um, and I've had people, you know, just reach out to say that it's helped, literally, like just that it helps to, um, to, to read such candor. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, yesterday, I got a message from somebody that I didn't think was really engaged with my Facebook at all, you know, just saying, thank you for your insight and, 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 and that sort of thing. And I, and it does open up discussions. Like people feel, you know, in the days when we're allowed to be around people, people, people feel, uh, more comfortable or, or whatnot reaching out to me or, or, you know, saying that, you know, my brother went through the same thing or that sort of, so I, I think people feel more comfortable around me just in, in talking about it. Um, because they know that they're not going to hit a wall. They're not going to hit some sort of, well, I don't know. You know, it, it, I do know. I have an idea. I have some tips. I have, I have, uh, like I, like we've said, I'm not a professional, but I've, I've, I'm, I've traveled the road. I know others who've traveled the road and, and I know what has worked for me, um, what has not worked for me. Um, and, but mostly it's it's questions about who should I reach out to? And and I was, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, those are all valid questions uh, and responses. And you just mentioned that you have some tips. So I know a lot of folks who are listening to this are saying, what are those tips? So can you give us some? Well, some of the tips just in terms of, I would say that these are tips related to both my recovery as well as my anxiety. Um, and, and now my depression, um, is there's a few, the biggest one is self-compassion. Um, and, um, I've taken mindfulness classes on that, um, on practicing, uh, mindful self-compassion. Um, that's a really important one. It's, it's so important to be gentle with yourself whether you're um the person on the journey or a person helping somebody on the journey you know just making sure that you're acknowledging um that you have value and that you are important and that this is worth it um i can't stress that enough and it's one of the biggest one of the biggest challenges too um, but, uh, there are books out there on self, on, on self-compassion, um, that I would heartily, uh, uh, suggest people check out some of the titles, you know, the one that I think, and I, this isn't specific to, <laughs> this isn't specific to, uh, self-compassion. Um, but one book that has really done a lot for me is The Gifts of Imperfection by Renee Brown. 
Um, it's one of her shorter books, um, but it really gets to the heart of living a wholehearted life. And it, 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 and it's, it's a, it can be a quick read. You don't, you don't have to highlight it and make as many notes as I did. <laughs> um, another important uh, book um, is Mind Over Mood, um, which was bought for me uh, by a friend, basically as a hint <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that I needed to seek help. Um, and then there's another book. Now, I haven't read this one yet. Um, but I have heard very good things about it. Uh, I want to change my life. Uh, and that one is by Stephen Melamus, PhD. Um, again, I haven't used this one myself, but a lot of people that I know, uh, and I do know a lot of people in recovery, um, have, have appreciated the book. Um, it's... Uh, in, in terms of more tips, uh, it's important to have a routine um, as much as possible. Uh, it's And that's so tough right now. It's so, sure. so tough uh, during COVID to have that routine. I have a few things that I do every morning that are meant to set my day. So for me, that's uh, just a 10 minute mindfulness session on one of my apps. Um, making coffee and writing in my gratitude journal. And that's kind of how I start my day. Yes. And what I've realized is, and, the, and, and there's small things, right? They, they, there is, they're as big or as small as you need them to be. Um, but I find that if I start to slip away from them, I notice that I'm on a, on a, a more, that something's, a, that something's amiss. Right. So uh, keeping that routine, uh, even even if it's just a small part of your morning. Um, and right now, I do think it's really important to get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> For many reasons. <laughs> For many reasons. But it does. It, 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 if you can. I mean, I've been dealing with depression um, for several months now, uh, just triggered by you know, we're all in a state of or a state of grief right now. Um, but I, I had a lot of events happen during that, and and that's what's triggered the mm. the the more acute depression. And you know, I I'm glad we're doing this today because four days ago I couldn't have done it. I I was, you know, flat out and just couldn't move. And it and that's one of the things about depression that some people uh, and and this may be a little off topic but it, 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 some people think that with depression it's like well just get some light you know i i am fortunate that i have uh, two big windows in my room so i can keep those open and and get the light but it took me energy to leave my bedroom to go to the kitchen mm. <laughs> it's, it's not so so people are well-meaning um, but I do think that there's a bit of a misunderstanding of what depression is because it's not just feeling sad. Like I rarely cry while I'm depressed. I just don't have the energy. <laughs> you know, it's just wow. yeah, like I, it, 
you know, but at, at times I do, you know, um, so any little, and I understand like any little exertion can be, can feel like too much or a lot. And so if we bring in that self-compassion aspect and we go, you know what? I brushed my teeth today. You know, that's a win. Yeah. That's, yeah. and it's, it's important to look at, there's so many activities that we do in a given day that we take for granted and starting to hone in and acknowledge, Hey, I got that done. That's a win. You know, even if I had a shower, if I got dressed it, and it's okay to have one win a day right now, it's okay to have one win a day. Like, especially now. Especially now. Um, I think it's important, you know, going along with the routine, to, like to have a schedule, to have, to, to build your schedule for the day, um, the day before, the week before. People who are working right now, it's, it's a bit easier to, to at least frame you know, there's a lot of other difficulties attached to that, but but people who are working can at least frame their days in in some respect. And but people who aren't, who who may be out of work right now and are are feeling this lack of motivation, like just giving yourself a schedule the day before so that you have something to wake up to. Um, you may not be able to do it. You might not, but it's just something that's there. You know. Um, so if you schedule in, um, I don't need, even if the little things in the morning and then reading, and then I'm going to lie on my bed, like just, but just have a schedule, have so, some semblance of something that you can work with or from or, or that sort of thing. I found that helpful for me and I've noticed it on the days that I haven't done it. I've noticed it on those days. Um, hobbies are important. Um, and by hobbies, I mean something that you never plan to make money from. Good point. <laughs> like, uh, for a long time, my hobbies were comedy and writing and, and, and still are. But it, that was one of the, the things that I took from, from uh, rehab was uh, I now take care of plants and I do ceramic work. It's not good who cares <laughs> i'm never gonna open a plant shop <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it, it they're mindful things that can help distract and take you away from it whatever meetings you have or whatever anxieties you're feeling or or, or whatnot they're very mindful and meditative um activities not and and, and there's like thousands of other things too. I have so many coloring books and markers and paints and that I've never opened, but I will at some point, maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the ceramic work has been, has, has done okay. Um, uh, I've been, I took a lot of courses when I had the, t when I had time off, I took too many courses, which mm. is, um, uh, not at all 
uh, an indicator of addiction. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no. But I took a lot of courses, in particular in 2020, anything that I could kind of get my hands on with mental health and that sort of thing. And I was doing too much. I did way too much. And it's really important to build in relaxation and to not always be focused on this. Like, and by this, I mean anxiety, recovery, um, depression, whatever it is that you're dealing with. I'm not a proponent of it being your 24 seven focus. I'm that's, that's just me. It, it works for some people that, um, you know, recovery becomes their life. They're like, they're, it, it's what they talk about. It's what they contri contribute to and, and all of that. But I, I think it's important to, to have time off, have scheduled time off where you know what you're going to do. Just, you know, and that's, a, that's more of a recovery thing because, um, uh, idle hands, um, can end up at the LCBO. <laughs> Very good point. Hey, listen, um, I got to ask you, by the way, folks, if you've just joined us, I'm on the phone with Jason Wilcox. He is a coach. He is a comedian. Uh, he is um, he is a person who uh, coaches folks about going through major life stages, including those folks who are in recovery for addiction and mental health. Uh, he speaks from experience as someone on the recovery journey himself for addiction, for anxiety and depression. And he always uh, he's very clear. He says he is only speaking from experience and not as a professional therapist or counselor. He's very open about this on his socials, uh, Jason Coaches. You can follow him on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Jason Coaches or at Stand Up Guy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, it's it, it's interesting because when we met, um, when we were, uh, when we met at Second City, you as a student, I will say, you were very, always very organized. You were a real leader in the group. You were very funny. Um, were you, why, I, I guess my major question is, you, you know, we know a lot of comedians who are suffering from anxiety, suffering from depression. Why does, does this occupation seem to, to attract a lot of folks who are, um, are suffering from depression and anxiety? Or do you think that statistic is out there in, in every profession? We just don't hear about it because comedians tend to be honest about their, their feelings more so than other, uh, other occupations. Well, it's our occupation that's given a microphone. <laughs> Good and bad. Um, I think that there are a lot of people out there suffering. I really do. Um, I, I think that I, I, I don't know about whether statistically there's a difference between comics and 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 uh, normal people um but <laughs> <laughs> we are abnormal that's for sure <laughs> but i mean we find our comedy in in our life and in our experience and depending on how far you're willing to go with that you're going to reveal that on stage or you know but i think there are a lot of people out there that are 
suffering with addiction, um, that are probably suffering from anxiety and don't know it. Um, and the reason I say that is I didn't know that what I had was anxiety for years. Like really? I didn't, I didn't know that's what it was. It was just how I felt. Right. So when you become, when it becomes normalized, um, in, in your experience, you don't even consider it. You know, it's, it, it, it's like, no, that's just how I am, you know, and, or with, with depression at the same time, maybe, oh, I've, I've, I've always been low mood. Maybe there's some, maybe there's something there, right? I think that if people were more familiar with symptoms and signs, and I'm, I'm not suggesting that people go on to WebMD and, and, uh, uh, diagnose themselves um, because they'll they'll end up with everything as we. Um, but I do think that there is a lot of merit in counseling and therapy, and I I recommend it for people who are feeling bad, and I recommend it for people who are feeling good. I think it is if it's if you can find a therapist. And mine resigned. He retired just before COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he retired on February 28th last year. <laughs> so thanks a lot. Um, but I, if you can find a counselor or a psychotherapist or, or whatever, and hope, hopefully benefits packages that allow for this, but if you can just find somebody to, to talk to and just somebody who's completely focused on you and and a lot of people think it's like well you know i'll have to talk about my mother and and you might end up doing that sure but it's an opportunity to figure out where you are if you if you're happy or if you could be happier or if if antidepressants could bring you to a level of stability or or normalcy and so if you can't afford private therapy um what I recommend is contacting CAMH um, to get yourself into a queue, just to, you know, um, so if you're, if you're feeling just like it, you might be a little off, um, just something might not be right, maybe you don't experience things in the, in a, in a way where there's equilibrium, I don't. I, I'm not a doctor, like I said earlier. Uh, but uh, um, if if anything feels a little off, get yourself onto a waiting list as soon as possible, because it's going to take many months. And uh, in in most instances, or in many instances, I and um, I don't want to again put people off by saying all waiting lists are long because not all waiting lists are long but getting yourself onto that list is both a step in acknowledging that maybe something's not right for you um but it also gives you some lead time to decide <laughs> right like sure. and so that when you get to the point where you decide i you know i need help i i like i need help now like you're already in the queue you're already you know so 
And usually if it feels like something's off, you're probably, you're like, listen to, to your gut. Mm -hmm. Hey, and look, you know what? Folks are used to waiting for the vaccine. So I think if anything, <laughs> the, good the good news about COVID, it's trained us that if we need to really wait for something, it might not take as long as getting the vaccine. Here's the thing though, Judy, that concerns me mm -hmm. is the mental health crisis that's coming. It's yeah. already here. Mm -hmm. um, and that's another reason that I'm suggesting that people get on waiting lists um, if, if they have that opportunity, because um, we don't know what the world, I'm, I'm not a scientist or anything, but we don't know what the world holds for us over the next five to 10 years or however long in terms of a recovery from this. We're going to see PTSD, we're, we're going to see um, survivor's guilt, we're, we're going to see a lot of different mental health crises. Um, you know, I, I even posted on Twitter today, I was like, is, is COVID creating new emotions, <laughs> right? Like, are there, there but it, like, it's just, like, there's like this, I, I have never used the word untethered so much in my life as I have this year, but I really feel, or in the past year, I, like, just so untethered from everything, so unconnected. Like, I am wondering what it's going to be like once everybody has the vaccine and it's like, are we going to immediately return to the same kind of social cues and the same sort of thing? But um, people are already in crisis because of because of this in, in mental health crisis. And I don't know that the government is necessarily prepared for that in terms of uh, like shoring up the mental health services and and that sort of thing. We've seen how the vaccine rollout has gone <laughs> or is going. And it's like, you know, one of the, and, and another thing that is, I, I wish that over the past 11 uh, or 12 months of this, um, that, there had been consideration uh, given um, to people with mental health issues and where they should be in terms of uh, accessing the vaccine. And I don't say that just for my own benefit, but I think of people who were already suffering from clinical depression um, before this started, and now we're a year in and it's like, you know, it, it just mental health needs to be factored in. And as I understand it, at least in one jurisdiction, it has not been a consideration. Um, so I expect that there will be a mental health crisis. Um, uh, I don't, and what that looks like and how the services are able to respond to it. If, if you're feeling something now, reach out now. You know, I chatted with a friend of mine a number of weeks ago, Jim Ducharme, who has also suffered from depression, from anxiety. And his message was, and it took him, you know, it took him a long time to figure this out. But he said, just remember, you are not alone. You touched on CAMH. Uh, folks, there is the Canada Suicide Prevention Helpline at uh, crisisservicescanada.ca. Um, you can call 1-833-456-4566. Again, that's 
1-800-273-4566. Um, I will send you that info if, uh, if you need it. You can also text the crisis line via SMS. Uh, 686868. Perhaps that's the easiest thing to remember. Text 686868. Do you have any information, any other information to get out to folks there, Jason, if they are feeling alone, if they're feeling desperate, if they want to get into queue somewhere, or they just want to talk to somebody? I think that you've given great resources. the only, the other thing is if you if you're truly in crisis and um, uh, for instance if you are if you need to detox from alcohol or that sort of thing you can go to your emergency uh, go to emerge at uh, one of the hospitals um, uh, if you are considering uh, you know, if it's extreme and you're, and you're considering uh, taking your own life, you can walk into a hospital and they can, they will, they will probably hold you for up to, to 72 hours, but you could, you can at least get an assessment or, or that sort of thing, but it's a safe space. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's a safe place to be. Yeah. Um, I've had to go to um, St. Mike's Emerge several times for, uh, emergency detox, like just be, the withdrawals from the alcohol and, and that sort of thing. And I've always been treated with great kindness. Um, so if there's a fear of judgment or, or whatnot, you know, just think you're a face that day, <laughs> right. right? You're just a face that day. And then, and then they can, they can get you stabilized and, and, um, I'm very fortunate that I also have an addictions doctor with with CAMH, and that's a relationship that I've had for the past three years. So that's another reason that I, I suggest um, getting in Q um, because because she's a resource that I can go to at, at any point. Um, some other advice I'd like to give is don't be turned off by personalities. Um, it, it's tough, um, and uh, but remember that the personality that is most important is your own, and to self-advocate. Don't be afraid to self-advocate, but also don't be afraid to listen to what you're being told. So that was kind of my my issue with rehab. The first rehab I went to, uh, I had all the answers, and <laughs> and uh, for some reason it didn't work out. And uh, then the second rehab I went to, I realized, okay, I have to do this differently. I have to, I have to trust these people. I have to trust that these people have my my best interests at heart and so and it went a lot better and i have a great relationship with with that rehab i think of the first rehab as as the one with training wheels and then then i got on the right on the, on the real bike um one other thing that i just want to make sure that gets shared is um when i'm suffering from depression the idea of answering the phone or responding to a text I can't tell you how exhausting it is. It's just for friends of people with depression, um, no, try not to take it personally. 
if you don't hear back, if you want to reach out, you can send a message, send a message that says, um, you know, you don't need to get back to me. I just wanted to let you know I'm here. Um, things like that, because the energy, the, the depletion that comes from depression is, is I, I, I've been boggled by it, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's, it's tough to ask for help. It's really, it can be really tough to ask for help. And if people are feeling that way, what I would suggest to them is to think about how good it feels to help somebody else. And you're actually giving people a gift by reaching out to them and saying, hey, I need help. Um, that doesn't mean becoming dependent on them or any of that, but it's actually giving them a gift to be able to feel that, that sense of helping someone. So I think a lot of times uh, people who are in my position feel like a burden. I know I do. It, and I'm, I'm giving advice that I need to follow <laughs> and that I don't always follow because it feels so tough. It feels like... I don't want this to be the time that that breaks this friendship up because I've become too much or, or whatnot. You have to put yourself first. You have to protect yourself. Um, but reaching out to other people actually gives them the opportunity to be a benefit and to feel good to, to, to so. That's a really good point, Jason, because, you know, the other side to that, I uh, interviewed Elaine Lindsay um, a little while back, and she suffered from survivor's guilt because her friend had committed suicide when she was um, when she was a teenager. And, you know, that whole group of friends that were Andrea's friends, um, you know, they 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 carried that into their adulthood. And, you know, if you don't reach out to your true friends and give them an opportunity to help, which is what most people want to do with their friends, most people want to help, most people are good people. If you don't give them that opportunity, then God forbid something does happen to you, that, 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 that shame, that guilt, that not knowing carries into the rest of their lives it just it just doesn't go away so um you know it, it, it that's a very good point most people want to help so please please reach out jason i gotta tell you you're very brave i always believe that what we do as an you know for an occupation is just the you know for for many people it's the stepping stone for our real purpose you have chosen comedy and thank goodness you have because through comedy you have found this pathway to reach folks who are suffering from uh from from anxiety from um you know mental uh, mental stress and from depression uh jason wilcox uh again he's a comedian a coach currently a consultant he speaks from experience he is doing the recovery journey himself every day for addiction for anxiety and now for depression he has been candidly documenting off and on uh for on facebook for over three years if you want to follow jason or if you are feeling like you need help and you would like some further advice uh, at Jason Coaches, you can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jason Coaches, and at Stand Up Guy on Twitter and Instagram. 
um, you know, I, I'll mention those books again, by the way, for folks that are saying, what was, what were the books that Jason said helped him? The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown, The Gifts of Imperfection, Mind of Mood, and I Want to Change My Life. And I'm going to list all those books and our contacts as well um, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the attachment here so that you have it. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for joining me on, uh, on the show. I know that your message will, will, will resonate with, with lots of folks and your takeaway about getting into queue as early as possible, or just reaching out. Um, this, you know, this is your, this is your purpose. I know it's not, I know it's not easy, but you know, just as a takeaway, (laughs) You know, this message comes from all sorts of occupations, all sorts of people. I was watching an episode of Drag Race and Elliot with two T's said something, one of the most profound things about depression that I'd ever heard. He said, he goes, people don't realize it's a chemical imbalance. When they say to you, get over it. He says, I can be standing in a crowd of thousands or I could be alone and I feel the exact same way. Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, I love that you watch Drag Race. Um, <laughs> I love Drag Race. Who doesn't? <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, that does resonate with me. And it and it's actually interesting because what it, it calls to mind is for years I resisted um, antidepressants. I resisted them because I was like, no, this is a me thing. Like, I can figure this out. It's my mind. I can... And no, I, I needed antidepressants and, and I've tried several different ones over the years. And, and um, I think we finally landed on, on the right mixture um, that lasts for now. Um, but, it, but it is true. I, I don't remember that quote, uh, but um, it, it's absolutely yeah it's absolutely true it it doesn't matter so yesterday was my birthday and it didn't change anything for me like it just it didn't like fortunately i was in a in a in a better place but um uh like from my depression but um it is true. It, it, it almost doesn't matter what's happening around you. It, it really, um, and I've often felt myself, um, you know, one of the uh, one of the outcomes of trauma, as I understand it, can be the you you kind of are outside of an experience. Um, so, you know, I, I I'm a three time amateur soccer gold-winning champion i just have to say that and <laughs> but i noticed the difference between how the rest of the team celebrates and how i am on the field when the gold medal happens it's like i'm kind of watching everything happening from above and while everybody's kind of in the moment and excited so i don't know if that really speaks to what um elliot with two t's uh was, was saying <laughs> Um, but it, it's just, it's so strange. It's when something is so normalized within you, 
you and you don't realize that it could be different um it, it it's it's tough it's tough and i think that's another reason that um you know i'll encourage people to have conversations about mental health they don't have to have conversations about their own mental health necessarily but just being in dialogue about it um helps people start to go wait maybe oh maybe this isn't the way that other people experience it. you please keep talking you keep tweeting you keep putting your posts up at jason coaches on facebook twitter and instagram at standup guy on twitter and instagram you can reach out to me at uh, judycream.com if you want some more information if you want any of this information and uh it went by and you're what was that phone number Please, please reach out. And uh, on behalf of Laugh Long and Prosper, happy belated, Jason. I want you around for many, many birthdays. And I will end on this note. As RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, who the hell, who the hell else is going to love you? So please practice self-love, self-compassion, and reach out as Jason has done. Jason, thank you so much for joining thank me. Thank you for having me, Judy. It's been lovely.